Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're always so happy to be with you, and it's a beautiful morning where we are at Bear Lake. A lot of you know Bear Lake is our summer place, and it's where we gather the family, and that ties right into what we want to talk about today. This whole business of gathering, this whole business of larger families, this whole business of thinking of family in a much bigger way. Americans too much think of nuclear families, and some people say, well, I don't have a family because I don't have children or I'm not married. And we want to expand that. Family is so much more than that. We want three-generation families. We're uncles, we're aunts, we're cousins. Family is is big. Well, and as big as it possibly can be, the, and that's a great introduction to something that I want to talk about this morning because we... Um, I am actually from Montpelier, Idaho, which is just 30 miles. Um, just a little town. Right north. Bear Lake Valley. I born and raised there in this beautiful valley. How something as big and marvelous and wonderful as you come from such a little tiny Oh, my town. goodness. A lot of marvelous <laughs> things came from there. But uh, about a year ago or so, they announced in our general conference at our for our church, which was worldwide, that they were going to build a temple in Montpelier, Idaho. And I almost fell off the couch because honestly, it was so astonishing. My mother is the most faithful person, little woman, church woman in the world. (laughs) And along with a lot of other things, but she took a carload of friends every week over this mountain pass to another temple uh, in Logan, Utah, Every week of her life. I mean, now we should clarify: a temple in our in our faith is not a meeting house, not a church, but something where we go to make covenants with God, and where we have ordinances, and, and where so we seal our families, where we seal our families together. These these big families we're talking about today, and they're pretty rare. I mean, there's 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 lots of churches, but temples are are much more special and. The idea that one would be built here in this little tiny town on Bear Lake was like almost inconceivable oh, it was to us. Unbelievable. But they cleared out a whole city block, which is not not huge, Montpelier, but but they cleared out this beautiful city block right next to a beautiful tabernacle where they already have, and across from the high school where I went to school. And, and half a block from your house. Where literally you a hundred steps from where I lived in Montpelier. It was, it was astonishing, but we went and it was to the, the groundbreaking. Most, we went to the groundbreaking. It was the most beautiful thing that I've been a part of for a long time. They had all, it was just gravel, but they had seats set up. They had some trees and Beautiful flowers by the stand. A symbolic groundbreaking. Symbra- Linda, Linda picked up a, a shovel, a gold shovel, and turned over. They called it the turning of the soil. The turning of the soil. <laughs> well, it was that's what a groundbreaking is about. But they had this beautiful ceremony before um, that was amazing. There was um, a, a, a general authority there who conducted, but it was it was so beautifully organized by 
the brother of my darling friend, Eve, who we talked about recently about <laughs> that has done this book about living in Bear Lake Valley. Everything just kind of falls together. He and his wife did the most beautiful job of including um, all the older people in the valley and the and talking about the ancestors, so many ancestors who settled this valley would had the angels had to be there. It, it was such a beautiful ceremony. And it really is perfect for what we want to talk about today, as you said, honey, because we want to think of families in the most expansive way, not I mean, the most limited way you can think of a family, in a sense, is a nuclear family. But the biggest way is not only cousins and uncles and aunts and all those that are related to us in any way by blood, but also even those who've gone before, these ancestors. And and there is a we see it all over the world. As we go around speaking, we find that people irrespective of whether they're religious or not, and, and irrespective of what their faith is, they have a kind of a sense of wanting to know identity, wanting to know where they came from, wanting to know their genealogy. And it's a big deal. And as many of you know, there's thriving online companies like Ancestry.com and like Family Search. And it's people People want to know where they came from and how they're connected. And there's, you can have your phone now and you can be in a room full of people. You can all turn on to the same app and you can find out how you're related to everyone in that room. And we're all connected. Believe me. It is amazing. We did that once though with, uh, <laughs> well, with there was a group China. of friends and there was this beautiful Chinese man. And he wasn't related. His name to is Garrett Gong. <laughs> And he was not related to anybody. He said, we'd have to go back 10 centuries to be related. But the point is, you know, our ancestors are so such an important part of us. I mean, they're in our blood. And it was so great to sit on that square last Saturday in that beautiful sunshine and uh, be among a lot of people that I grew up with and cousins and relatives. And it was just such a joy. Hey, if you want to see Linda Iyer, turning the soil with a gold shovel. Oh, yeah. Just go to our Instagram. There she is, a little video of Linda turning the soil. Just well, go to Richard Linda Iyer on Instagram, and there you are. Uh, well, I have to say I that. I thought it was one of your finest moments. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was a glorious moment for me. But uh, I have to say that they had organized so that the the people of the valley who were been leaders got us started and then they started inviting all the older people and then they and started invited the children to turn the soil the children had been <laughs> we, singing they should have just dug the whole foundation they had enough people there <laughs> <laughs> it was such a sweet experience um the the children were like angels and there were angels there i have no doubt about it i mean my mom and all those people in those carloads of people, it was wonderful. Okay, so the most expansive way to think about family is everyone you're related to, which is kind of everyone. So we're really talking, Linda, about God's family, which is all of us. True. And we feel like we're going to go back, and we, we try to talk at least once a month on Irish on the Road about the whole idea of extended families and the whole idea of grandparenting and parenting and tying them together and working together for the good of the children and so on. 
And that's what we're going to talk about today. A few weeks ago, we talked about our sort of what's becoming the core when we go out and speak about grandparenting, which is happening more and more and more because the interest in grandparenting is huge right now. Grandparents are trying to find the art and the skill of how it's it's like parenting was 70 years ago. People are saying, hey, I've got to be good at this. I can't just do it instinctively. I need to find the best resources. I need to know what the best ideas are. I need to become more effective at grandparenting and at parenting and grandparenting working together. So we talked on ours on the road a couple of months ago, well, a little, maybe six weeks ago, about what we call the team approach, T-E-A-M, which has a triple meaning. It's an acronym, T-E-A-M. We'll get to that in a minute. What the T, we, we mentioned it before, and we're going to get a little deeper now. The T, the E, the A, and the M, what they stand for. But let's start, Linda, with the idea of how grandparents are teaming up. We're we're part of a magazine called Grand Magazine. That's a national magazine going to grandparents. Um we're part of a grandparenting academy, which on grandparenting week, which comes up in the fall, a whole week of podcasts and messages on how to be better grandparents. We do a class, as some of you know, many of you have been involved in it, called Grandparenting 101. So what do you think, Linda? Is is grandparenting a field of study? Is it a thing worthy of putting a lot of effort into becoming good at all that, and also it's really fun. <laughs> That's the bottom line. We have had a lot of fun with our grandchildren through these things, and every once in a while we get a little note that just delights us because it's, they're getting it, you know, and it's just mostly the get that we love them, that we're concerned with them. Although, just like life in general when the children were home, life gets so busy, there's so many things going on in your life, and suddenly you think, oh, I haven't texted so-and-so. She had a big disappointment and I haven't been in touch with her. I think it's just the focus, just bringing the focus back to taking care of these children and grandchildren. In a way, Linda, we're kind of talking about the Asian model of family, aren't we? I mean, again, that's a big generalization, but when we're traveling in Asia, which we've done a lot of, there is a whole different definition of family. And most, and I guess it's not just Asia, it's most of the world. When you talk about a home, there's probably three generations living there. We're, right, we're right. kind of rare in America where we, you know, we, we only live with two generations. Most of the world, the grandparents live in the home. We've talked about this before. The grandparents really are the final say. They're the ones, they're, well, the they're revered. The mother-in-law particularly, well, the grandmother. The yeah. grandmother. Well, I'm thinking They're, about the poor little wives whose lives are controlled by the mother-in-law. Yeah. And if there's a nice mother-in-law, it's a great world. And if not, really not, not fun. Yeah, that's really true. So the Asian model of, of family is what we really want to deal with. Because what what is obvious, I mean, it's so intuitive to think about when when grandparents and parents are communicating well with each other. And when their objective, their common goal, the thing that they work on together, their project, their priority, if you will, is the children, that is a really good thing for the children because 
the, the parents can do some things best and the grandparents can do other things best. And when the teaching and so on is shared, it's pretty wonderful. Although in China, it's, it's you know, it's strange in the sense they had the one child policy so long. And so uh, they call those kids the little emperors because each child has six, six. grownups yeah. around them, you know, four grandparents and two parents and just the one kid. And they're sort of, <laughs> they're the big deal. They're, they're spoiled in a lot of emotional ways as well as material ways because there's so few of them. But here in this country, there's a more of a balance and there's kids, there's parents and there's grandparents. We're coming into this summertime when there's so many reunions going on. We just want to expand our thinking and your thinking about how all the adults in the family, uncles and aunts included, can be involved in what's best for the kids. Yeah, I mean, and that's the ideal. Then we um, read books <laughs> and see the other side of that too. I mean, we're generalizing um, a lot because every family is different, but gosh, there's always heartache in every family. There's always children that are being neglected, not in every family, but in the world. And uh, there's all that too, but it is really good to think about what can I do with my own, my own family, my own children, and my own grandchildren that will really make a difference, not only now, but in the long term. So before we take a little break, let's really sort of conclude this introduction of this team, the team approach. Here's the triple meaning. First of all, we're a team in the sense that we want to combine with a lot of other grandparents, Grandparent Academy, our grand, go to grandparenting101.com and learn about the class. The more grandparents we can pull together, that's a team. That's one definition of team. Second definition of team is maybe the, the most critical, being a team within your family, having parents and grandparents really team up, have, having a monthly meeting Go to dinner together, just the grandparents and the parents. Talk about the kids. The kids aren't there. Just just a dinner time where you're saying, how are these kids doing? Have a five-facet review. How's Johnny doing physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually? Talk about what we can do, how we can team up to really help that kid's life be better. Well, people are listening will be saying, wait a minute, my Czech grandchildren live halfway around the world or 500 miles away. Right. And I can't, you know, we can't meet with them every month. I mean, obviously. Yes, we have you to can. Be realistic. But we're saying yes, you can because have the meeting on Zoom, right? Well, yes, it's Zoom. Have um, it once a month. I mean, I'm, do you, you think I'm too aggressive for that? But I think a family ought to shoot for having a meeting between just parents and grandparents once a month. If they can, maybe they'll miss some. But if that if it's a regular thing, they're going to really talk about those kids, and they're going to really team up to do a better job. Right. I mean, it would that would be ideal. But uh, you know, keeping in touch with these parents of your your grandchildren yeah. is so crucial. We just don't do it often enough. If they know that, I mean, without it's such a fine line because you don't want to seem nosy or like. You want more responsibility than you really do. Well, you have to remember you're the consultant. You're the consultant. You're not the manager. You're the helper. And you just want to help when you can. So um, 
I think thinking about that makes a big difference, just getting it in your mind that that's what you want. So the triple definition of this team approach that we're really advocating now, number one, team up with other grandparents, get ideas. Number two, team up with the parents and talk about the kids on a regular basis. And number three is the acronym that we're going to talk about after the break of four roles to play as a grandparent. One starts with T, one with E, one with A, one with M. We'll be right back after a short break. Hang on. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. So Linda doesn't think it's realistic to meet with grandparents and parents once a month. And I do think it's realistic. I know, but did we ever do that? <laughs> well, no, we are doing it now. <laughs> we are doing it now. See, we're putting ourselves on the spot. We are. I mean, we're not going to suggest something to our listeners that we haven't actually done. But we're doing it now. Well, yes. <laughs> but for how long? I mean, it's just so hard to be consistent. But if you have in your mind <laughs> that you're going to talk with your children about their children and not in a way that we see some problems here, we think we can help. And just the opposite. We are here. We know your job is so hard and we want to know what we can do to help. And No, that's right. But, you know, again, the whole the, the, this this emerging thing that's happening in society of more and more involvement in three generations family is, is just so good. And and we just feel like the key to it all is the parents talking with the grandparents, being sure the grandparents aren't stepping on the parents toes finding out what the parents know about each of those kids, really knowing what their issues are and really coordinating how you can help. Right. Right. Um, I absolutely agree with that, but uh, that sounds a little overbearing to do <laughs> have a meeting every month, but you know, we can agree to disagree on that. That's okay. If that well, works, we're going to do, do it. it and we would love it if other people did too. Okay. Okay. Uh, remember you said that. Okay. All right. So now what's the acronym? Again, T stands for, some of these are a little surprising. T stands for trunk. What, these are the, the, the acronym are the four roles we think every grandparent can play. And if you're a parent listening today, you ought to encourage your parents, the grandparents, to play these four roles. And if you're a grandparent, you ought to consider, how can I play these four roles? Role number one, the trunk, which means... We are the trunk of the tree of our family. And for now, but, and the limbs are the children and the leaves are the grandchildren, but then they have their own trunks too. So we've talked this through a lot. It's but like, a, we're like a grove now because they're trunks of their own family. It's not like we're the same. But you're, but you're the grandparent and if you're the grandparent, you're the trunk because you're the connection that connects those children to those roots. So role number one, be the trunk know the ancestors, tell the stories to the grandkids. That, that is important. Connect them. Role number two, E. E stands for ear. And that means... Listen, listen, listen. I mean, pay attention. Uh, I, I've lately been thinking a lot about Mary Oliver's little poem, 
a way to live a great life. And it could be a way to be a great grandparent too. First of all, pay attention, pay attention to those kids because we, we need to listen and then be astonished at what they say. Just, you know, take it in, make your eyes big, you know, <laughs> tell them how wonderful they are. That's, that's kind of our job as a parent, even more than as a grandparent. And then, no, as a grandparent, more than as, as a parent. Yeah, I said that they're backwards. But grandparents can be the best listeners of all because you don't have to worry about the discipline and all the things parents are struggling with. Just listen, ask questions, right. find out, take notes on what these grandkids say, become fascinated with them. Which is the third part of Mary Oliver's poem. Tell about it. I mean, write it down so that you can remember or or tell their parents how wonderful you think they are. Because we have one grandchild who I know the parents are a little leery of. <laughs> She's very flamboyant and has so much um, on her mind all the time. And the parents are like, oh, rolling their eyes a little bit. And we're like, oh, this is the greatest kid. Look at it. And sometimes they have to be reminded that they've got some amazing kids because they see the hard stuff. All right. So the, the four roles that we, we think every grandparent can play, be the trunk, connect those ancestors to those kids, be the ear, become this unbelievably great listener. A, be the assembler, be the one that pulls everyone together. It's summertime. Many of you are planning reunions, or in some cases, it's a big deal reunion. In some cases, you know, it's a camping trip or a Sunday dinner. And in some cases, maybe you haven't even thought about it yet. But you're the ga- you're you're the we we could call it the gatherer, but to make it fit into our acronym of team. Be the assembler. Pull them together. Get the cousins together. Your job as a grandparent is you are in a position to have those cousins together often enough that they bond and form these relationships that last a lifetime. Cousins are really important. They are. And the more we see our kids become teenagers and then young adults and then get married, um, we've really worked hard for our reunion this year to have a little time with each of those kids. And we're having a little lunch with the married kids. We have four kids who are married now, grandkids who are married. And then um, we have, you know, 12, we have six college age kids and six teenagers. So we've arranged for our little lunches together with them. We actually take them at the same time. You sit with one table, I sit with another table, and then we switch and so that we feel like we have a connection to those kids. But those kids love that because they are cousins. That's their cousin time. That's the time when, and some obviously are more connected than others. But I think because through the years we've done this, they are so well connected. I don't think there's anything that makes makes us happier, Linda, than seeing those cousins really bonding and really, you know, and and when we have our family reunion, they're coming from all over the the world, basically. We've got a family just moved back from Bangkok. We've got our family that lives in in, on Maui in Hawaii. We've got our family in Switzerland. And And another one from New York. And and, and, yeah. And and it's such a joy to see those cousins who, who sometimes only see each other once a year just you know, come back together and pick up where they left off and love each other and, and 
And to hear them say, you know, you're more like a brother or a sister than like a friend, cousins, this bonding. And of course, if you do that as a grandparent, you try to bring them together when you can, not just in person, but online. We have groups, little Zoom groups, little Marco Polo groups that are just the cousins who are roughly the same age. And so even though they might live across the world, it's always interesting that our family in Hawaii and our family in Switzerland are exactly 12 hours apart. It's when it's noon in one place, it's it's midnight. midnight in the other. <laughs> and so you say, well, how do those kids get together? Well, there's times during the day when they can Zoom or they can get on Marco Polo. And you're the grandparent. You're the one that really connects them and tries to bond them as cousins and do everything you can to facilitate that kind of relationship. And that's what we mean by the A in the acronym of TEAM. Be the assembler. Keep thinking of ways. How can I get them together? It's not just you being with them. It's them being with each other. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the M. The match. We just did our grandparenting course last week on on this idea of matching. And there's so many questions. Now, you don't know what I'm talking about, so I'll tell you. There's so many grandparents who want to help financially. They want to support their grandkids they want to give them opportunities that maybe their parents can't afford to give them but it's so so dangerous to you may step on the parents toes you may right create relationship problems unless you do it right and so we we've spent a lot of time in our own family thinking about how to help in ways that that don't create entitlement don't create this sort of feeling of being spoiled or the kids getting more than they've earned or whatever, just avoiding entitlement. And oftentimes it's as simple as matching. Oftentimes when a, when a grandchild says, Hey, can I have some money to buy? I don't, I can't afford this, this team I want to join, or I want to go to this camp or whatever. And instead of saying, sure, here's the money. If you can afford it in the first place, it's so great as a grandparent to say, well, let's do a match. If you can raise your half of it, we'll match it. And you have to earn it. You know, don't go to your parents. <laughs> yeah, find a way to earn find it. Find a way to earn it, and then we will match it. And I'm sure some of them go to their parents anyway, but a lot of them are really little entrepreneurs. They've They've thought of ways to do it. And they have actually, we asked for a presentation, like a grant proposal, for uh, those situations, like if they want to go to a volleyball camp and they just it's really expensive, then they write us a proposal. This is why I, I want to do this. This is what I think I'll get out of it. I this is how I'll raise my half. Of the I'll money. raise my half of the money. Will you match it? And here's yeah, a grant proposal. I mean, who who knew that a grandchild. We've had them from seven and eight-year-olds, right? Yeah, they're great at it. We had one granddaughter at 12 who did a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> for her grant proposal. For her grant proposal. And she got it, too. Um, so I know some of you don't have a lot of money to share, but sometimes just those just small amounts are so important to those kids. They remember it forever. Some, some grandparents have grandparent banks. Well, the big box with a lock on it and a grandchild can 
earn some money and put it in there and, and it pays interest. So there's ways to be a grandparent who sort of promotes. I mean, you not only don't entitle grandkids, you motivate them. And you say, if you save this much, you get this much interest. Be creative. Find your own way to create these matching schemes, which allow a grandchild to say, wow, my grandpa and grandma are there to help me, but they're not going to give me anything. There's no free lunch. They're just going to encourage me and 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 match what I can earn. And that allows me to do more things. And then as they get older, that can grow into a match for their college tuition or for their down payment on their first house after they're married. Missionary I mean, service, whatever they decide to do. Um, it really is so fun to see this happening. And if you are a grandparent who really wants to give their kids a lot of money, <laughs> there are grandparents who you know, just drop these wonderful <laughs> gifts on their grandchildren. And the parents are like, oh, my gosh, uh, this <laughs> there goes so my- long. There goes my plan. Um, I think a, great, a lot of grandparents are now teaching their kids how to invest money instead of just giving them money to, that they can spend with gadgets or iPhones or whatever. Just tell them how to invest money in because you have control of what they use it for in that case. So. All right, let's summarize, Linda. So the team approach, triple meaning, be a team by learning from other grandparents. Go to grandparenting101.com. Watch for the Grandparents Academy that's coming up. Subscribe to Grand Magazine. It's an online magazine that's free that we work with and write in each month or each quarter. Just be part of that grandparenting team. Definition number two, team up with your parents with the parents of the kids have a meeting once a month or as often as you feel like you can and coordinate what you can do for those kids and third the acronym t-e-a-m be the trunk connect the ancestors to the kids be the ear who really learns how to listen and linda's so great at this be the assembler especially this summer get everyone together bond those cousins And match, be the match, be the one that helps and supports, but only in ways that encourage kids to earn and become self-sufficient. Well, thanks to you parents that are listening to this, you might want to pass it on to your your parents. We we love and appreciate you. We just do grandparenting once a month now on ours on the road. And thank you so much for joining us on this one, because as you can tell, we kind of like talking about it. We love grandparenting. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on... Fires on the Road. Bye-bye. 